Hello, welcome to Two Broke Nerds, two friends talking about whatever the hell they want, because what else are we going to do in this never-ending pandemic? I'm Alec Kerr, and I'm a film geek. And I'm Brian McElhenney, and I'm a music geek. And we're finally going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, I will be the first to admit that I was wrong because i was kind of skeptical about this like i was going in being like oh man like i don't think i need to see all three spider-man that's probably going to be lame and then i was like god i didn't know how much i needed to see that <laughs> yeah we, we talked about it and it, we talked about that before the movie came out and it, and it was it it could very well have been lame i mean just look at what disney has done with star wars but yep. no this was really cool yeah i, I loved it yeah, they did a great job of just kind of bringing back all all the Spider-Man film stuff, or live action film stuff anyway, and just kind of there there's something for for every Spider-Man film fan in that movie. It's it's pretty great. It's because the writing is so good too. Because it could have been very easy just to have them pop in, do a quick cameo, do a couple meme worthy lines. And that's it. But like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Mans are like integrated into the final act of this movie and it emotionally pays off. And it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And as great as they are, I mean, Alfred Molina is Doc Ock and, and Willem Dafoe is Green Goblin. And like you can recast these characters 500 times, which I'm sure they're going to do in many more Spider-Man movies to come. But, like, those are, like, definitive performances, and to see them back giving another fantastic performance as these villains, that I'm, that just made the movie to me. Yeah, I, they're both fantastic. I think Willem Dafoe is even better in No Way Home than he was in the first Spider-Man. Like, he is just creepy as fuck the fact that they got rid of that cheesy ass mask and just allow his face which is is the green goblin face all of the, all on its own <laughs> yeah I, I mean they basically I, I love how they put him in the purple hoodie because he's basically he's basically just comic book green goblin now that's yeah it, it's pretty awesome and you don't need to paint his face green or anything like that just the way he can contort his face he looks yeah. like a goblin. Yeah, he's he's a creepy ass motherfucker. Fucking <laughs> <He> works. <laughs> and just there's that the reveal of him when once you think he's been Norman for a while, and just the reveal with with Tom Holland's spider sense going off and his switch into the Green Goblin is so fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And that was such an excellent use. Of the spider sense. Like the Tom Holland films really haven't uh, used the spider sense that much. And that was just so well handled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they kind of like forgot about the whole spider sense thing. Like at least in Homecoming, it was like, well, that, it, everything was spot on except for there was no spider sense, like at all. Yeah. And they did some fun stuff with the spider sense in Far From Home, but like this was. Just a different visualization of it that was kind of cool, and just the idea that 
his spider sense is so attuned to the environment that he could just sense that somebody was off. Somebody wasn't telling the truth and he just couldn't figure out what. Yeah. Yeah. And Alfred Molina is great. And just the whole idea that Peter has control of, of his arms, his, 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 his doc, doc arms because of the nanotech just leads to a lot of good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter, Peter, like sciencing his way out of problems is always awesome. Like when they're in the mirror dimension, he's just like, wait, this is just geometry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking great. And that's the other thing. Like having Dr. Strange in there, it wasn't just the, oh, we need to have another Avenger in there. Like he's integral to the plot. It isn't like with Thor Ragnarok, which. I love his little cameo at Thor Ragnarok, but you can remove it from the movie and it doesn't change anything. Yeah. I mean, this continues Doctor Strange being better in everyone else's movies except his own movies. He's just like, this is a better Doctor Strange movie than the Doctor Strange movie. Event Infinity War and Endgame were better Doctor Strange movies than the Doctor Strange movie. Thor Ragnarok, for fuck's sake, was a better Doctor Strange movie than the Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> He's just, yeah, and I think he's just a perfect character to just throw in with the other characters and just be like, yeah, here's Doctor Strange. I mean, I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange movie. The thing people seem to be saying about Doctor Strange into the mad the madness of the multiverse, um, or yeah, whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, is that Doctor Strange is a co-star in his own movie, which is not really true. Like, that's just, like, a fun buzzwordy thing to say, like, a fun hot take thing to say, because he is very much the center of that film. And you do get to see a character growth and other variations of Doctor Strange, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, it, look, it looks fun. I'm annoyed by the whole Illuminati thing and like just it just seems like a massive shit pile of fan service bullshit, especially John Krasinski. I was not on board with everyone saying that he needs to be Mr. Fantastic and then they made him Mr. Fantastic. It's like, great, okay, whatever. Like, why are you letting fanboys and fangirls cast your movies now? Yeah. And that is the thing. I even say it, wrote it in my review that the whole Illuminati scene. It is absolutely like a fan service scene and you probably could remove it completely from the movie and it wouldn't change anything except that it does show the level of which Wanda has gone to the dark side. Like she will fucking kill anybody and everybody. Could you have done that with a different group of characters? Probably. But this yeah, like, because like there a group of characters, characters that have already been in this universe that the audience already cares about that would make more sense probably yeah yeah but at the same time these were multiverse characters that if they die it doesn't fucking matter right yeah like i think the whole multiverse thing is gonna get real old real fast it's like it's amazing in spider-man because it's fucking spider-man and we know and love these characters and it's just yeah it's 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 so great but like i don't know it's gonna get exhausting after a while i think 
Especially yeah. if you just have situations where it's like, oh, there's no stakes and who cares because they're from another universe. Like, yeah, I think huh? that's... <laughs> huh? Yeah, and I think that is unfortunately what could happen is that there is just no stakes. It's just like, oh, well, they're just the multiverse version. You know, they're from a different universe. Why do we care if they die? Yeah. And it just, it's, from a storytelling perspective, it's, I mean... And, and I think we're going to have to wait until we see more of what Marvel and DC are going to do with it, because DC, the whole Flash thing is just going to be, I don't know, I see it and I'm like, yeah, okay, Michael Keaton, I'll watch Michael Keaton be Batman again, but sigh. Like, it's just, yeah. okay. Like, I don't know. I, I was way wrong about Spider-Man, because I looked at a lot of it and thought, sigh. But, like, it was good, so... We'll see. We'll see, like what comes down the pipeline with all this shit. And I could, I could eat my words, or we could look at it and be like, "Well, this is why Spider-Man worked, and why all these other ones didn't." So, I, I, I think it just comes down to quality of writing and quality of acting, and that's what you know. No Way Home has in spades. Like the writing is really sharp. And the performances are great. Like, it would be very easy for Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to just phone their performances in and not give a shit. But they're 100% committed. Yeah. And, and just embodying the characters that, that they were in their movies. Like, I mean, I was not, I did not see Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I hated Amazing Spider-Man 1. I thought it was just garbage. With the exception of Andrew Garfield being a pretty awesome spider-man but he did a good job yeah so i was happy to see him again in the role spider-man 2 is still my favorite live action spider-man movie like by a mile it's just and i, I re, like that was reaffirmed for me when i finally got all those spider-man movies on dvd and i rewatched them like, this movie's so good it's just like the perfect mix of heartfelt and camp and just it's it's amazing it's one of the best superhero movies of all time i think yeah and not to keep talking about dr strange but what's great about dr strange in the multiverse of madness is that you do have sam raimi back and he is such a strong filmmaker and i just read an interview with the writer uh and the writer admits that you know he is well well versed in in all marvel stuff but that's so much so that sometimes he can get in the weeds of it and that sam raimi was really good about always keeping the focus on making the film for an audience that might not necessarily know all of this and i think that is the key i i, I do think it is possible to watch this new doctor strange movie having not watched wandavision having not watched all this other stuff because the focus is on strong storytelling even that illuminati scene has a point in terms of the story and the drama so i think that's the key moving forward in exploring the multiverse and exploring any of this stuff is to keep it focused on the story keep it focused on the writing and the direction and hiring directors like sam raimi that have a visual style and they actually finally let somebody have a distinct visual style in a Marvel movie. Yeah, we need more of that and like Taika Waititi doing his thing and, and less of, 
you know, Edgar Wright getting pissed off and leaving movies yeah. because he's not allowed to do what he wants to do. Like, I think as much as DC has gotten wrong, they've, at least in some more recent movies, kind of let their directors kind of run with it and, and do what they want to do, for better or worse. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Marvel needs to do more of. Like, it's... it's there, there is a Marvel formula, and it's, it's like you watch. I think if you, if you watch all the, the Marvel movies, if you like go from Phase One to now, you can see like where it really started taking hold in, in somewhere like around Age of Ultron, and it just uh, there's great movies after that, but they're kind of of a piece with a few exceptions. Right, this Spider-Man trilogy directed by John Watts and. He's not exactly like a visual stylist, but it's clear that his strength is in character because those three Spider-Man movies are very character motivated. And those first two, in spite of all their spectacle, feel like pretty small, intimate movies. And I'd say even No Way Home, which is definitely a big movie in scale, it feels intimate. Yeah. Yeah, the reason these movies work is because of the character work, I think. And they just, they nailed it with the casting, with, with all the characters. I mean, Tom Holland is an amazing toy around, but Zendaya is great, and um, Jacob Batalon is great. And the villains they've had, the ones that they cast originally, I mean, Michael Keaton is Michael Keaton, obviously. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal was great as Mysterio. And then they brought back every all the old Spider-Man movies. They got, they got a villain from every single live-action Spider-Man movie to come before this trilogy, which I thought was great. Even though some of them are just kind of like, you know, like the Lizard and Sandman, but no one really liked them anyway, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie yeah, Foxx got to finally do something with Electro, which is great. Um, yeah, that was the great thing was that they managed to find a way to bring back Jamie Foxx's Electro and fix that character and make him better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My only thing would be like, well, if you want to get from all the movies, bring back Michael Keaton. He's still alive in that universe. Yeah, apparently in that stupid fucking Morpheus uh, movie or whatever it was called. More, what's the character's name? Um, Morpheus. Morpheus. Yeah, I watched watched that after credits scene with Michael Keaton and it's, it's laughably bad. (laughs) <laughs> like really even bad. like diehard Marvel fans are saying like what the fuck why that's like, the dumbest thing you've done in any movie Sony but I think he would have fit somewhere in No Way Home you could have brought him in like all the you have the other five running around and then yeah especially yeah. since he showed that he has a certain degree of loyalty to Peter Parker, like he sees him still as sort of an adversary, but there was that post-credit scene where he wouldn't sell him out. Yeah, and that's very much the thing that's explored in No Way Home, where the villains kind of flip-flop back and forth. Like sometimes they're with Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, and sometimes they're not. And yeah. it, it could have been explored. Yeah. You just pop up and be like, hey, Pedro. (laughs) (laughs) 
you need some help? I can help. Because that's the one thing, like, you, you did say, like, they brought, they managed to have a villain from all the previous Spider-Man movies. Like, there was even at least the specter of Mysterio. Like, he's dead, but, like, he was very much present in the fact of what he did at the end of the last film was the whole reason this film was happening. Yeah. It would have been kind of cool to have at least an acknowledgement of Vulture's presence. Yeah. And if you bring him back, then Sony could finally, finally do their Sinister Six thing that they've been trying to do for like a decade now. Right. They basically did. Like, call it good. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly by poaching Michael Keaton and bringing him over to the Sony-verse, that's where they're going to try to do their Sinister Six. And it's like, why? Just why? Is anyone paying attention? I don't even care what they're doing, other than I'll keep watching Tom Hardy like have a love affair with a CGI Black Bee monster. I'll keep watching that. That's fun. That's just just the right kind of weird like the movies themselves in terms of plot are shit but just watching yeah. Tom Hardy be a fucking weirdo for 90 minutes is great right yeah I, I haven't seen Leather Be Carnage but the first Venom movie was awful except for Tom Hardy just eating scenery it was amazing the other thing with No Way Home that I thought was really smart because we all assumed that Uncle Ben had died. Well, Uncle Ben clearly did die, but like that that was one of the motivating <laughs> factors for Tom Holland's Peter Parker because that's the mythology. But by having Aunt May essentially take on the Uncle Ben role, uh, it was so emotionally just powerful because we've had two movies to get to know Aunt May. And, you know, as great as the two previous, like Mike, Michael... Michael Sheen and Cliff Robertson are, we only get like 10 minutes with either of them. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, you know, it hits, it hits home emotionally in that we know spider man stories. So it's like, obviously, but like this one hit in a way that those couldn't. And it was, it was like a gut punch. Like I just didn't see it coming until she said, you know, the whole, you know, with great power, I was like, Oh shit, she's dying. Yeah, and they kind of fake you out because it seems like she's going to be okay. And then she's like, oh, no, definitely not okay. Nope, she said the line, she's fucking dead. Oh, God. I even said that. I was in a movie theater and I said, oh, no, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. No Way Home is a really sad movie. Yeah. Um, Just that. And then at the end where Peter, like, I mean... But that's what makes it so intrinsically Spider-Man is that Peter finally realizes that, like, oh, no, like, I, I'm alone. I can't, like, he's about to tell MJ and, and uh, you know, or he's trying to tell MJ and uh, Ned, you know, about their past together. And he kind of really, you see it on his face, you see him realize, it's like, wait a minute, they're better off not knowing. <laughs> like, they're better off just not knowing me at all. And it's like, that's so Spider-Man, and it's so sad. Yeah. And but that's, that's, that's Spider-Man. That's what Spider-Man needs to be. And they finally, they finally made Spider-Man Spider-Man. Yeah. And I do think there's at least the hint that maybe MJ has some sort of recollection, because she does still have the, the necklace that 
Peter gave her at the end of yeah. uh, Far From Home. And she, she, clearly she has it. It means something to her. And if she was ever asked, like, oh, where'd you get that necklace? It's going to be like, um, huh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some, so, kind of, there's some kind of deja vu, I'm sure, going on there. So I, I think that they might explore that. But, like, it would be her coming to him. And because the whole thing he realizes is if I tell them this, that's me being selfish. That's me trying to fill a need that I have. So if yeah. they do have either Ned or MJ come back into his life, it's going to be because they want to. Yeah. Which is more dramatically interesting anyway. Yeah. Um, I know Tom Holland's kind of being cagey about like how many more he's going to do. Like he says, I'm done at 30. Um, and I think he's like 25, 26 now. And he's uh, going to do it. They're going to, they're going to do at least another, at least another movie with him. I mean, he still owes because there's still like a, a, the contract they signed again was for two more solo movies. And, uh, uh, team up movie. He hasn't done the team up movie yet. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm pretty sure like Sony's going to keep making Spider Man movies. If they stop making Spider Man movies, then the rights revert back to Marvel, and they don't want that to happen. No. No. So they're going to keep making them like clockwork every couple of years. We're going to see another one in like 2023. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or 2024 maybe because they. These movies take a while to put together. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure they're already putting it together. Like, I, Sony doesn't waste time. They made a trilogy, like, of Spider-Man movies between Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and what's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They made an entire trilogy of Spider-Man movies. Yeah, but they also still have uh, two um, animated Spider-Verse movies that are coming out, so I'm sure that fulfills their spider-man contract yeah that's true they're, yeah they'll, they'll keep bringing it out in, in, you know things like that and uh more of their incessant fucking sony universe of marvel characters or whatever the fuck it's called yeah um, i mean they're so lucky that they you know both i mean disney clearly wanted to have spider-man so there, Disney was thrilled to to make a a deal with Sony, but Sony is so lucky <laughs> that Disney made that deal because the only movies outside of the animated Spider Verse Spider Man movie that's any good uh, in the last like decade worth of Spider Man movies are the ones they've made with Marvel. Yeah, live action anyway. Live action anyway, like they just don't, yeah. and it just doesn't make any. <sighs> Like, the first two Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi movies, were good. And it's just, like, Sony can't help but start meddling. Like, that's how they kind of... I won't say they completely ruined Spider-Man 3, but they ruined it enough with their meddling. And then they, you know, I actually liked The Amazing Spider-Man well enough, but they meddled there, too. And Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a fucking mess. Yeah, so... I, at the same time, I think Disney's lucky to have Sony 
cooperating with them because this is their only. I really think No Way or um, No Way Home is their only like real hit in this phase four of movies so far. Not yeah. like the other ones haven't been great, but like actually, I haven't seen any of them. Like they haven't really been getting the the strong reviews that Marvel was like used to. Um. With the exception of maybe Shang-Chi, I think that one did pretty well review-wise. But, like, critically, they haven't been doing as great. No. Uh, no Way Home is their only um, definite, like, Grand Slam, home run, touchdown, whatever sports metaphor you want to use. <laughs> it's the only one that's, like, across the board. You know, fans adore it. Critics do- adore it. Um, a huge financial success. Uh, Shang-Chi did well, but it also came out last year when it was still a little iffy with the pandemic so it didn't make as much money as it could have but people liked it um yeah i think the other problem uh like dr strange in in the multiverse of madness uh I, i think it's it's good i think it's you know almost as good as no way home uh but it's this expectations game like people get themselves upset because they read all these rumors and so there were all these rumors that like you know like Tom Cruise was going to be a multiverse version of Tony Stark and that oh maybe Tom, uh you know Andrew Garfield's going to come back as Gar- as Spider-Man again and so you go in with these expectations of what you want the movie to be and when the movie isn't that you're like oh it was a piece of shit and it's also more stupid fan casting because who the hell wants Tom Cruise in these movies? I don't. No. Like, and really, also, why do you want Tom Cruise? Because there's a rumor that they were trying to cast him as Iron Man before they got Robert Downey Jr. And that's why you want... Why? Like, that is just the worst kind of, like, inside joke. Like, I'm all for, like, meta jokes and meta humor. But that literally is, like, you have to sit down and explain. Like, if people go, oh, look, it's Tom Cruise. And people are like, why are we laughing? Oh, because you don't understand. Like, he was originally going to be Iron Man in the 90s. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But no, that's not cool. Uh, not- it would be so winky and, like, in the worst kind of way. Yeah. I was so, I'm, I'm still not on board with John Krasinski being, um, Mr. Fantastic. Like, why did they do that? Why did they cave into fans saying that this would be a great casting? Because number one, it's not. <laughs> I can think of better people to be Reed Richards than him. I mean, to be fair, like he only has like I don't know five minutes of screen time, if if that. And he was pretty good. Um, well, yeah. I mean, also it's Reed Richards. There's not really. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like, oh, well, he kind of looks like the character, and we like him. He's so cool and likable, and I, you know, whatever. I guess. Maybe I need to watch The Office, because I just don't have any connection to him as an actor. I just don't care. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, and <laughs> also, to be fair, like, he's come a long way from just being Jim from The Office, like, he was really good in A Quiet Place. Like, I haven't watched it, but he's in the Jack Ryan series on Amazon, and he's supposed to be pretty good in that. So, like, he's yeah. developed his chops as, like, an action person and as an actor, so he's not just the funny guy anymore. 
So, you know, I can see it, but yeah, like... That one kind of works, but, like, if we're going to start, like, listening to fan casting, you could get some things that are just going to wind up being really bad. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. It, it, yeah. So, please don't do that anymore, Marvel. <laughs> but I, I do appreciate, like, hey, we're going to give the fans what they want, like, but you got to do it tastefully. Like, clearly, No Way Home was giving fans what they wanted. But it was done really well. It was handled with care. It wasn't just slapping it together. Like, yeah, it was. It was. It was, a, it was a great story, first and foremost. And my biggest concern going into this, and we have it on the record, is that it wasn't going to be a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. That it was going to get pulled away from him, and that having Andrew Garfield and to Tobey Maguire there was going to be a distraction. And it, it wasn't. It was very much still Tom Holland's film. And yeah. those two guys, those two Spider-Man, were the only two people in the universe, in the multiverse, who could understand what he was going through because they went through it. So it just worked so well dramatically. Yeah. And now people are asking for, for like, either the fourth Tobey Maguire movie or the third Andrew Garfield movie. And it's just like, give it a rest, guys. This kind of ended everyone's story and did it really well. Like, why do you want more? Yeah. I mean, would I want to see more Andrew Garfield? Because his two movies weren't very good, and it would be nice for him to actually get a good solo movie? Sure. But you have to find a way to justify it and do it well. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that they can make a good solo movie for Andrew Garfield without, you know, some help. So, yeah, that, <laughs> leave, that's, it. leave it alone. Um, you know, you've opened up the multiverse. If you can find a way to bring him into another movie again, cool. Like, if they make another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie and they find a way to justify bringing back Andrew Garfield, Tomer Maguire again, cool. They kind of left yeah. it open to that because they did say, see you later. Right. But or do again, something crazy, like cast them as other characters in this universe. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing because that would yeah, be like, like what if like what if like in the next movie like Tom Holland's Peter Parker is going to college and then look who it is it's Andrew Garfield except he's Harry Osborn. Yeah, or I was thinking he's their version of the lizard. Right, or like yeah, and then like Tobey Maguire is like a professor there and he's like he's Doc Ock or something. It'd be fucking weird and it cool. Would be fucking weird. Oh my god, I'm kind of just imagining Tobey Maguire now as, as like, as Green Goblin or something like that. That would be fucking insane. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, "I met you guys, but you weren't <laughs> like this." <laughs> and it would be, oh my god, that's such a good idea because he would automatically assume he could trust them yeah. because of having met their... Oh my god, that's such a good idea. <laughs> Do it, Marvel. Listen to us. Yeah, why? Don't listen to any of your other fans. Just listen to us. Yeah, just listen to us. Just, you know, wiretap <laughs> our thing and just listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, to our, listen to our podcast and our 2.5 listeners. I think that covered. I know you said to me that you think that 
the Spider-Man movies are your favorite of the MCU movies. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they're Spider-Man. Come on. Like, those and Thor Ragnarok. Those are the best ones. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I do think the MCU movies are at their best when they aren't trying so hard to be all interconnected and when they're exploring different genres, like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. For a good, like, I don't know, 40 minutes or so, it goes into being a straight-up horror movie. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Winter Soldier is a spy movie. Uh, Ant-Man is a heist movie. Captain Marvel is a buddy cop movie, a 90s buddy cop movie. Like, when they embrace doing different things in different genres, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming is a teen movie. Like, when they start exploring outside of their formula, or at least adding a different genre to their formula, that's when they're interesting. Yeah, I check out every time, basically every time there's something that's trying to interconnect it. Like with, with WandaVision, I loved everything with Wanda and Vision and their whole weird pseudo-sitcom reality. But every time you went back to S.H.I.E.L.D. Jr. or whatever the hell, the you know, every time you went back to it, I'm just like, check out. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. And then when you're just doing something completely fucking weird, like Thor Ragnarok or Thor Love and Thunder, which I haven't seen yet, obviously, but I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, or Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like, these are these are the, the Star Wars movies that I wanted. Like, fuck the prequels and fuck the sequels. These are the Star Wars movies that I've been wanting since Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talked about, like, I, I really feel like Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2 is sort of like the underrated gem in the MCU because it is so emotionally satisfying and so emotionally driven. Like I, I remember getting into a debate with somebody where they're like, oh, the plot is really lame in Volume 2. Uh, and I'm like, you know, it's not a plot-driven movie. It is an emotionally and character-driven movie. And that's kind of amazing that this big, massive blockbuster movie is telling a personal story. Right. I don't understand that because the plot in the first one was really lame. Like, that movie works in spite of its awful plot and awful villain, just because the characters are so great. And then the second one took these great characters and put them in an emotionally satisfying story. And I'm like, yes, give me this one. And that's still what the MCU is best at. Like, that's why No Way Home works. Like, that's why this new Doctor Strange movie works. Like, as long as you keep it character-driven and emotionally driven, these movies will continue to work. If you get too mixed up in the minutia and the mechanacia of, of this multiverse stuff, which is clearly their new Thanos is the multiverse, it, it could get real messy. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's already starting to get messy. So, yeah. I haven't watched any more of the shows. I don't know if they're any good or not. Um, I'm just not really interested. It's just, it's too much. It's like, it's like homework. I don't really want to do it. <laughs> I, I guess it comes down to like the whole homework thing is like, if you're invested and you want to keep watching it, it's not homework. But like, if you're only casually watching and you feel like you have to watch this other stuff just to keep up, then it becomes homework. But if you're just like, I love it all, then it's not homework. It just, 
Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. And I had I had mixed feelings about all of the the three shows that I watched. I liked them all overall, but like like I said with Wandavision, anything anytime it like got back to stuff happening in the MCU, it was just like check out, no more. I think I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier had far less of that, so I probably like that one the best out of all of them. I do think there is a danger uh, of too much because like Hawkeye yeah. was good, but they introduced this minor villain echo uh, who was cool, but now echo is getting her own spinoff series. And I'm like, wait, so you made a spinoff series about one of the side characters. And then you had a side character in that series that you're going to spin off. Why, why are you doing that? Nobody is asking for that. It's like when they made that awful Aquaman movie and then they thought people wanted a spinoff of like the weird monsters that are only in the movie for 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can't imagine anybody caring enough to watch Echo. And she was a cool character. I I liked the character, but I don't think there's enough there to build a series around her. She's like the adopted kid of Kingpin. But even that, it's just, okay, we'll make, just make a Daredevil show, which they are. They are making a, dare, a new Daredevil show for Disney+. Plus. So just have her be in that. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's just too much. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why Daredevil can't be a movie. And then, like, honestly, X-Men should be a show. Because when you have that many characters that you have to deal with and that much lore and history, that's where you make a show. Yeah, I mean, that's why the X-Men animated series worked so well. Exactly. Or something like The Eternals, where it's like, we are so desperate to make an Eternals movie with, like, 25 characters you don't know. And it's like, why isn't this a show? Yeah. I will say, this was a definite, like, geek-out moment in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Patrick Stewart does show up as Professor X, and it is cool, but they use the music cue of the X-Men animated series theme music when he arrives and it was like, okay, that I see what you did there. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that happening. But again, it just feels like it's like it's just again, and Disney is so great at doing this where they're just like, yeah, see, you like it. Ah. Yeah. Um but I was like, I'll I'll give you that one. Cause that that, <laughs> that I I'll guess. give you that one. I guess you're more forgiving of this stuff than I am. I just, I like this is why I can't watch any of the new Star Wars stuff because it's, it's literally to me, it's just like an hour of them going, ah, see Star Wars stuff. You like it? It's like, yeah, no. yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm glad they went with that over the wink, wink Tom Cruise thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's, that's a little better, I guess, if you have to do it, if you have to do it, Disney. And then, you know, they fucking broke his fucking neck. So there you go. Like, there's something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> like, that was an oh damn moment. Like, oh damn! You just yeah. broke Patrick Stewart's neck! I, just, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about them bringing back... Like, I feel like Logan ended that so well. You know, forget about Dark Phoenix and all the other shit. But, like, Logan just ended that universe so well that it's just like, why do we need to bring any of these people back? Yeah, and you can say, oh, well, it's a multiverse version. It's not the same version, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. Yeah. I know people <laughs> are still probably going to be advocating for Hugh Jackman to come back, but, like, it's like, you know, 
he's done with it. Like, leave it, leave it alone. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got some terrible stuff from him, but you got some fucking amazing stuff from him. So just, you know, and it ended on, like, the highest possible note it could end on. When the, whenever they actually do their X-Men thing, I would be okay with them pulling back James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender if they want to do that. Because they were good in those roles. They're still young. Maybe you can finally give McAvoy and Fassbender a gay X-Men movie other than First Class. Yeah, like, they, they, deserve, <laughs> they deserve a chance to get a good one. Yeah, after waiting through... I mean, I got, like, Days of Future Past had its moments, but, like, oh, my God, those, movie gets, those movies got Last Stand bad in a hurry. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't watch Dark Phoenix. I'm not going to be missing anything with that. Uh, Apocalypse. I, I watched Apocalypse, and it's just, it's like a laugh fest, and not in a good way. It's just, yeah. like, what it, is it, happening in this fucking It's movie? real, real bad. Uh... So I'm glad that Oscar Isaac got himself a new Marvel role that is better than being I Mighty Morphin Power Rangers villain. Yeah, really. Learning. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, all right. We've gone off topic as usual. Yes. But yeah, No Way Home. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. Always, always awesome. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, we're still broke and we're still nerds and uh, come back whenever we do one of these things. Probably, you know, in five years. Yeah, you know. There's probably a multiverse version of us that does this on a weekly basis and is on top of it and has billions of fans. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) It's in the same universe where, like, I have a record contract and, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've written several famous movies. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. <laughs>